What's up, everybody? I hope you're doing great. I hope you can feel God's presence. Welcome to Grace Church. Welcome to week two of our series called Sons and Daughters. Uh, if you are not here last week, I would strongly encourage you to listen to the podcast. Uh, it's at gracechurch.life. If you could listen to that, that'd be amazing. And I just want to say thank you so much uh, to so many of you that have commented back on through social media avenues about that message and what God has spoken to you and, and how you're encouraged by that. And I just want to tell you, like, I love you so much. I'm so proud of you uh, for being able to take steps and for allow God to do something amazing where you can just kind of get exposed and, and walk in the goodness that God calls you a son, that God calls you a daughter, uh, and how he looks at you. And last week, we did talk about the aspect of identity. Uh, it's hugely important for us to have our identity in, uh, in the Lord and in Christ. And so we talked about how the Lord accepts us and that he approves of us. It just was so deep. It was so powerful and significant. And so I just am excited about all that he is doing. I'm excited about this week. Uh, we're going to be in Luke chapter 15. So if you have your Bible, uh, go ahead and, and open it up to Luke chapter 15, or you have your uh, Bible app on your mobile device, open that up or the verses will be on the screen. Uh, but this is so big, so important uh, for us because we believe that God speaks out, like God communicates to us through his word. In fact, we have a, a very exact scripture in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18, where God says, and I will be your father and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And so we need to see ourselves as that. We need to see ourselves as a son or a daughter. Maybe you're here or you're listening online and you don't quite see that. So maybe as a result of, of this message or, or what God is doing in your life, maybe that, that will take place and, and transpire. That'd be amazing. Uh, but for those of us that know Christ and are following after him, we never have to question that if we're a son or a daughter, we never have to question it. It's kind of like our first name. You were given your name and that's what they call you. And so they can call you a son or daughter when we're in Christ and connected with the Father. And that's amazing. And so today I've titled this message, Welcome Home. And maybe you noticed the welcome mats as you walked into the theater. Um, maybe you tripped over them. I don't know, but, but you can see like the welcome mat. And so we're going to be talking about welcome home and what that looks like. Uh, I don't know if you've ever moved out before, moved from home. You might be 35 and you still live with your mama. Hey, it's time to move out, buddy. So I moved out when I was about 18 because uh, I went away to school. So I don't know if that's technically moving out, but I, I went to uh, Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma and, and went to school there. And, and I, I can remember it, just a huge time, right, to move halfway across the country and go to that school. And so, you know, being a student, it was wonderful and amazing. I loved everything about it, but oftentimes I would want to come home. You know, if, if you're away from home, we think about home and we're fond of it. And, and so I wanted to come home on, you know, Thanksgiving break and certain Certainly Christmas break and spring break and summer break. And, and I would always, you know, tell my friends like, hey, I live in Florida. You want to come? And they're like, yeah. So we would drive, right? Sometimes we would drive all the way through the night. Remember we, when we were younger and could actually do that? Uh, some of you are going, yeah, I just did that the other day. And, or you're getting ready to do that. And I get it. Like, you know, depending on just your age and ability, like you drive through the night. But we would drive like 20 hours straight just to get home. And the feeling that that brings, and, and some of you know exactly what that feels like and that amazing feeling. Uh, but if we're being totally honest and, and, and aware of, of sometimes the, the feelings of home, there are other experiences that sometimes we feel as well, where we may feel at home or we may be at home, but we feel alone. 
right? We feel uncomfortable, and, and I know some of you, you may be, even feel that now. Uh, it's something you're processing where you know that you're supposed to feel safe and, and comfortable, but you feel disconnected. You feel disjointed. Just something's not lining up. You feel out of sorts. Or maybe you, you have an experience where it is a little bit negative, and, and you feel unwanted, or you feel unloved uh, in your home, maybe in the past or now, and, and that's hard to deal with because we kind of wonder, like, does our family even care? Like, do do they care about us? Do, do they miss us when we're gone? And then sometimes we even direct that towards God, where we're going, God, do you even care about where I am and my status and my, li- and my life and what's going on? And, and the thing that I love about Scripture is Scripture will speak to every single situation that we experience in our life. And this is amazing because Jesus taught on this very subject. Uh, there, were, there were times uh, in, that we can read when Jesus would speak in parables. And a parable is a fictitious story with a deep truth, with a deep meaning behind it uh, that people could grab a hold of. And so Jesus is talking to a crowd, right? He's teaching them and, and, and telling them things and explaining. And, and so in the crowd, there, it was a wide variety of people as far as age and spiritual level and maturity. And, and so there were sinners that were disconnected from God. There were Pharisees that thought they were close from God and they were very religious. And, and so Jesus is talking to a really diverse group of people and he, he begins to, to tell this, this parable. And so in, in this chapter of Luke, though, in the, in the beginning, he actually talks about a lost sheep where he said, if there's a shepherd and he has a hundred sheep and one of them goes away, then won't that shepherd go get that one lost sheep? And then he talks about a lost coin where he says, if you had some precious coins uh, and, and, and all all of a sudden, you know, you lost one. Wouldn't you take time to, to go and find something that was precious to you? And then he, he just, he had more to say about it. He had more that he wanted to communicate to that crowd of people and to us today. So let's take a look at Luke chapter 15, starting in verse 11. To illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I want my share of your estate now, before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and moved to a distant land. And there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land, and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him, and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. The young man became so hungry that even the pods that he was feeding the pigs looked good to him, but no one gave him anything. When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, at home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare. And here I'm dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, father, I've sinned against both heaven and you. And I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. So he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. His son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I'm no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet, and kill the calf that we've been fattening. 
We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead and is now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. And so maybe you've heard of this story before. Maybe you've read it for yourself. But we obviously can read it and understand what's unfolding. The, the son the, you know, looks at his dad and says, hey, you're dead to me. I want my inheritance now. He leaves and leaves home and leaves the father and leaves the house. And so you have to understand, like Jesus is speaking to a group and a crowd of people that, that were considered sinners, that they were not connected with God. So they were far away from God and they were doing their own thing. And so this directly connected to them them and their life and, and what was going on. And maybe it connects with you because the son kind of looks at his situation and looks at the father and says, you know what? That's great for you, but I want to I want to go my way. I want to go a different way. I want to choose something else. Like he didn't want to remain and stay in the father's house. And so I want to touch on a few things from this passage of scripture. It's just things that keeps, keep us from the father's house. And the first absolutely is rebellion. And we can see that in the story where we know anytime we rebel against something or rebel against someone, like we rebel against authority or someone of significance or someone that's in leadership. And what happens is when we rebel against that, it keeps us from coming home. And the thing that's interesting in this passage of scripture that Jesus gives to us is as he's talking about the father, the father is willing to let the son leave, even though it wasn't good for him. And so God is the father in this story, and it's interesting that he lets him go. And so all of these bad, negative decisions that the son does, right? While he's got money, everything's going great. He's blowing through cash and, and, and having parties, probably enjoying himself. He thinks it's so fun, but then all of a sudden, he, all the money's gone, and several unfortunate circumstances unfold. After he loses his wealth, obviously he experienced significant pain and hurt, he was feeling destitute. He faced even starvation. I mean, just everything unfolds and breaks down. And he comes, uh, he, he did all this. Why? Because he, he wanted control. He wanted control over his life and to do whatever he wanted. And he's like, I want to do it my way, just my way. I want to go and I want to make my own decisions. I know you think your way is right, but I want to try my own way. And there are plenty of times and plenty of examples that I could give to you where people do this all the time. You and I do this all the time. We may know scripture. We may know God as our father. And, and yet we decide, hey, you know what? It doesn't matter. I'm going to go my own way. And people do this all the time. Maybe it's just in relation to alcohol where you go, you know what? I don't care. I'm tired and I'm worn out and, I, and, I'm, and I'm stressed. And so I'm just going to drink. And so what if I drink too much every once in a while? It's no big deal. I don't really care. Like I, it just, that doesn't, that shouldn't matter. Matter, or maybe just in relation to sexual relationships, and you go, you know what? It doesn't matter if I have sex outside of marriage. I want to do my own thing. It makes me feel good. I want to connect with them. And so, I, you know, it doesn't matter what scripture says, or maybe it's in relation to greed, where we say, hey, you know, I know that I'm supposed to give money back to God. I know I'm supposed to be generous to other people, but what about me? I work hard. I, I want to buy the things that I want to buy. And so, those are several examples. Right, of things that we do that are outside of, of God's intention for us. And we're doing that out of rebellion. And so we've all had moments, right? If we're totally honest and transparent, there have been moments and circumstances where we have said, I'm going to do my own thing. That's great for you. And I might think that that, or you might think that that's right, but I'm going my own way. And that's exactly what this son does. 
and things begin to unfold and, and ravel, unravel and he experiences famine. And, and, and I'm sure he kind of came to this point where he goes, you know what? I thought it was going to be a lot of fun, but it's not as fun as I thought. I mean, how many times have we said that in our life? And, you know, all his money's gone. He's starving. And then he comes to this place where it's just, it's not as fulfilling as he expected it to be. And he goes, I'll just go back. I'll go back home and I'll just be a servant. And so to me, as, as we look at this and we kind of understand what happened, to me, the best way to describe it is he basically came to the end of himself. Everything had fallen apart. And he's like, I'm done. I'm, I'm over. I'm spent. And something beautiful happens. He turns back towards the father. He turns back towards home where the father is. And, and so he's desperate, right? He's desperate and broken. He's got nothing left, but something significant happens. And, and we understand that, that, that the theological term is repentance, where if we're heading our own way and it's against the father's will, when we turn back towards the Lord, that turning is called repentance. But he, the son gets to this point where he says, I'm not worthy to be a son. I've done so many bad things. I'm not worthy of it. And, and one of the things I love, love, love in this scripture is the son is saying, you know, I've, I've shamed you, Father. I've shamed. I've sinned. I've sinned before heaven. And like the son is spitting all these things out. And, and can you imagine how many times he rehearsed that on his way home? I mean, I'm sure dozens and dozens of times, just the same way you and I rehearse things. And, and, he, and he begins to speak it out and say it to the father. And, and I can just see the father like coming up to him and going, shh, shh. you know what I'm talking about? Where you, when, you know, when somebody's saying something and you stick your finger on their mouth, you're like, shh, and the father won't even let him finish. He's like, no way, that's ridiculous. You are my son. And you're, I'm going to do all these things for you. And he throws him a party and it's amazing. And I know for a fact that some of you, this is your story. You, like you put yourself in this story and you know that's you and, and this is how you've lived or maybe you're living this story now. And, and if you're in this situation right now, sometimes we wonder, we go, will God welcome me back? He knows all the things that I'm doing and I feel so far. Will he love me despite all the things that I've ever done? And it's very normal to think that and feel that. But the answer is yes, like emphatically, yes, 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 no doubt. Because of Jesus and who Jesus is, the Father is able to welcome us back because of who we are in Christ. And so that's why we put the welcome mats out as you walked into the theater, to, because we want you to feel like you're home. We want you to feel the connection. We want you to realize that there's this amazing connection of, with the Father and walking into his house. And so if you're somebody that is far off or you were far off, your story is not over. Like you're not done. Like you're back. Like welcome home. So you're a son or a daughter in God's house. And that's amazing. And so you're part of this house. In scripture, it talks about how we as the church, like we can be connected with each other. We're like a body. We're like brothers and sisters and in Christ. And so this is a house. In scripture, it talks about how there's, how there's many rooms in God's house. And Jesus is going and he prepares a place. And so there's a room for you. 
And you're welcome in this place. And so that's amazing. And maybe you connect with that part of the story. But the reality in this parable, as Jesus teaches, oftentimes we hear this parable called the story of the prodigal son or the parable of the prodigal. But in fact, there's two sons. It's definitely plural. In verse 25, Jesus continues because he says, Meanwhile, the older son was in the fields working. When he returned home, he heard music and dancing in the house, and he asked one of the servants what was going on. Your brother's back, he was told, and your father has killed the fattened calf. We are celebrating because of his safe return. The older brother was angry and wouldn't go in. His father came out and begged him, but he replied, All these years I've slaved for you and never once refused to do a single thing you told me to do. And in all that time, you never gave me even one young goat for a feast with my friends. Yet when this son of yours comes back after squandering your money on prostitutes, you celebrate by killing the fattened calf? His father said to him, look, dear son, you have always stayed by me and everything I have is yours We had to celebrate this happy day, for your brother was dead and has come back to life. He was lost, but now he's found. And so the second son, he's in the house, right? He's in the father's house, but he thought that he had to earn the father's love. He thought by getting his love was because of all the things that he's done. Because we read, like, I've slaved for you. I've done every single thing that you've asked me to do. And so as we see that and we identify, really, the second thing that keeps us from the Father's house is a religious spirit. And so this religious spirit is the type of spirit that will breed entitlement. It will breed arrogance and pride. It will breed jealousy. It will breed comparison. And so maybe that's something that just kind of You wonder if you have and and you process and you go, man, am I struggling with that? Because you don't really feel the connection uh, with the father because the, the, the son, this older son, he had everything. He had full access to the father's house, but he couldn't receive it. He was too busy working and doing things like he just he didn't see himself as a son. In fact, I even think that the second son, the older son, didn't even realize that he had a good father. He didn't see him as a loving father. And so in the crowd that Jesus was preaching to and telling this parable, there were a group of religious leaders. Uh, uh, They were called the Pharisees, and it's a religious sect of Judaism. And, And so the reason that Jesus was added the second son, I believe the older one, was because of these people. Because these religious people, they, they thought they had it all figured out. They were following all the rules. And in fact, they thought they were better than the other people. Because all the sinners that were there, the Pharisees would look at them and go, oh, like I don't even want to be near them. I don't want to talk to them. I don't want to have anything to do with them. They saw themselves as better than those. And the reality is, that's religion. That's not relationship. And so rebellion keeps us from coming home. But I would say very clearly that religion prevents us from experiencing the home of our Father. 
And so if you were to be totally honest with yourself and kind of look at your life right now, it's possible that you have a religious spirit and this spirit of entitlement where maybe you've said before, look, I'm doing everything right. I'm doing all the stuff I'm supposed to. And so I should get this or this should work out for me. And we think that God is obligated to do certain things for us. And there's certain ways that this religious spirit can come into our life. And, and the thing that's one of the, one of the ways that's actually kind of interesting is we can develop a religious spirit out of routine, right? If we get in a routine of following God, where we just kind of are doing it because we know we're supposed to, we become very dutiful, but it, it gets to the point where we're checking boxes, where we go, oh, I know, I, I know I'm supposed to pray, and so I pray. I know I'm supposed to read my Bible. I, I'll even soap like they, like they do at Grace Church, and so I'm, I'm checking all the boxes on, on the soap guide, but it's serving. It's, it's, this, it's out of obligation, not relationship, and so, though we may be doing things that give the appearance of closeness, on the inside, we don't see God as our Father, and our connection with Him isn't at the level that it should be. Because when we see this older son, he wouldn't even go into the party. This is how angry he is. I mean, there's a celebration going on in his house, right? I mean, think about how socially awkward this is that he won't even go into his own house. Like he wouldn't go in. And so there's different times in our life where we may deal with this. Maybe you have identified some of yours. I know for me, I've had to battle this on multiple times. I'll share with you just, just a couple that I've had to deal with over, over the years and and so uh, there's actually two things I want to share with you, and both are, can be wonderful. Both are wonderful. They've been amazing for me in my life, but they also, I've allowed them to also be a source of pain and a source of hurt and disconnect at times. And the first one uh, is coaching. I'm in a coaching network. Uh, so Pastor Matt and Sarah Keller lead the Next Level uh, Relational Network. And it's a coaching group that I'm, I've been a part of for years. And I talked about it last week. And so I'm one of 87 lead pastors that we're all connected. And I'm in a group of about eight of us. And, and so we all do these amazing things. And so, but over the years, there have been times when I've been in a group with other guys or other guys that I know and I know their story, I get a little bit resentful. I get a little bit jealous of them because maybe their church is growing faster uh, than our church. And I wonder, like, what, well, how come our church isn't, isn't growing that fast? Or they get into their building faster uh, than, than we've gotten into ours. And, and actually, that's the second thing. So it's been coaching, but it's also been the building. Uh, it's a, it could be a wonderful, amazing thing, but there have been times when I've had to battle that because I've been complaining a little bit where I'm going, God, why is this taking so long? This really shouldn't take this long. We've been portable for nine and a half years. Like That's a long, long time, God. Come on, what's the deal? What am I doing wrong? I'm doing all the right things. And so as God would kind of bring those things to light in my life, and I'd have to battle them, and even just talking about the building, you know, what, what have we done wrong? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. This is just part of our story. 
And so, but I've allowed it to be a comparison thing for me and jealousy and, and build up in my life. And, and so I've had to really battle at times to, to keep that at bay and understand that it is, it is wonderful. It is amazing. And so, but there, have been, there were times instead of celebrating my friends and celebrating what God is doing in our community with our building and for our church. And I just, I caught myself complaining and comparing and, and this, the second son is doing the same thing. I mean, literally, this young man is standing on the porch of his house. I even can imagine him standing on the welcome mat. I mean, he's standing on the welcome mat. Like you would think you would feel welcome in your home, home, own home. He won't even walk in. He won't go into the party. And so maybe you're a person where you can connect with that a little bit. Maybe you've dealt with some comparison, some jealousy, some entitlement. I know it's really easy for us, of us that, that have grown up in the church, where if you would say, you know what, I've been in church a long time, right? I was, I was a kid in church, and I grew up in the house. Like, I know this. I know this story. I've read it a dozen times, and I know that's me. Like, I grew up in church. That's my story, too. And I know it's my son's stories. I often, you know, think about them and, and my wife and I talk. We're going, man, like we grew up in church and that was great for us. But, but our kids not only have one parent that's a pastor, but they have both parents are pastors. Can you imagine like what that feels like and what they experience and the pressure that, that, that could come on them? And so we speak to them and we speak about that and, and we're like, hey, there is no pressure. You know, for you and who you are, we want you to follow after Jesus. We, we want to encourage you to know Christ for yourself. You know, we talk about that emphatically. And so for every single one of us, it's a choice every day that we get to face and we get to decide where, one, we can go our own way and allow rebellion to, to occupy our life and lead us and guide us and, and take us astray onto that way, or we can think that we have to earn an invitation into the Father's house. And neither one is true. And, and the thing that's interesting is when you look at both of these, because of our human nature, because of our sinful nature, we have a tendency to drift. I don't know if you've ever noticed it before in your life, but we don't drift towards the Father. In fact, we drift towards rebellion, or we drift towards religion, where we might say, oh, I don't need God. I'm going to go my own way. I want to do my own thing. Oh, like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm going to do it all myself. And it's because of the things that I do. And so we drift towards rebellion and religion, and neither one is what the Father has for us. And I hope that we're able to realize that in this service and today. And because this is amazing, because you didn't get into God's house because of your performance. And you won't get kicked out because of it either. Like he chose you. He chose you to be a son. He chose you to be his daughter because of you, not because of anything that you've done not the bad or the good. And some of you, you've been battling with this religious spirit. You've been battling with rebellion. You've been battling with religion. Maybe even you've been, you've been battling with both. And that's very possible. 
And so the reason I bring all this up is because it's time to change. It's time to turn around and come home. It's time to cross the threshold. It's time to step off the welcome mat and think it's the things that you've done that earn your spot in the house, because that's not true. I mean, it's time that we can be set free and feel and walk into and live out what it is to truly be a son, to truly be a daughter. Because when you look at this parable, as Jesus is talking, right, he talks about the younger son that goes away. He talks about the older one that was home and never left. But we often call this, this the parable of the prodigal son. But we can see it's plural, right? There's two sons. But there's actually a third. <laughs> like, there are three sons in this story. And the third son is Jesus. It's the one telling the parable. He's the third son. And he's the one who knew the father. He knew. He gives the example of the younger and the older. But he knew the father in such an intimate, close way. Because he's talking to sinners. And he's talking to Pharisees. And so they needed to get this. But Jesus, as God's only son had a perfect connection and intimate relationship with his dad. And I would say very emphatically, we get to choose that every single day. We can choose rebellion. We can choose religion if we want. Or we can choose relationship just the same way Christ did. And so I just want to encourage you with that because you might be in the place right now where you're running, right? You're running from the Father and you can turn things around and, you, and we can experience God's grace like never before. Or you've been in the house, but you're battling a little bit of this entitlement and you know it and it's kind of risen up and now we're shining light on it. And so to be in the house, to celebrate that's what God is doing. He's inviting you into the party. And he's saying, you've always been here. It's time to come on in. It's time to be a son. It's time to be a daughter. And so maybe this is connecting with you on a personal level. Maybe you just get it spiritually. Maybe you're here, or you're listening online, and, and you have not yet taken that step towards Christ where, where you know you're like, you don't have a connection with Jesus and so in scripture, it says that we've got to believe in our heart that Jesus is God's son. It says that we have to confess with our mouth, right? And, and, and to declare our sins and, and to acknowledge him as the savior and Messiah for every single one of us, that he's the one who laid his life down for us. It's because of Christ that we can have a connection with the father. And so maybe you realize that you need to surrender your life over to Christ and you've never done that. Or maybe you did that before and you know you need to do that again. And so in just a moment, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Uh, but in, but in, in the meantime, like I, I do want to talk about those other aspects where there might be some of you where you, you know Jesus, but you've, you've looked at the Father, you've looked at Christianity and, and you've gone, you know what, I'm going to try my own thing. And you've left. And so maybe as a result of your connection with Christ, it's returning home. And why not today with this story, with this scripture? And Jesus speaks out this story. He's the one that teaches it. Or maybe you connected with the older son where you've just battled entitlement for a long time. And the joy has left. And it's because of the obligation. And I'm here to tell you, like, things can change. 
and it can turn around. And so if everybody here in the auditorium, if you could do me a favor and bow your head and close your eyes. Let's just look inside of who we are in our spirit, in our life, and kind of identify the, the struggles that we've had or where we are. Would we be able to call ourselves a son or a daughter does, or does something need to change? And so if you're one of those people that you know you need to make a commitment to follow Christ, uh, th this is your opportunity. In just a moment, I am going to ask that you would raise your hand because we have to get to this place where we acknowledge Jesus as God's son and know that he's the one that laid his life down for us. That's how we get the invitation into the Father's house. There is no other way. And so if that's you and you're here, go ahead and slip your hand up. I've asked everybody to, to bow their head and close their eyes. Yeah, just go ahead and slip it up. Yeah, I see your hand there in the back. Anybody else, go ahead and put it up. Don't be ashamed. Like, this is a big deal. Yeah, thank you so much. This is hugely important. You can go ahead and put them down. And so what this is for us is this is us declaring Jesus as Savior. And, and it says that we can pray and, and ask God to come into our lives. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray. And I would ask that you would pray along with me. Uh, there's not going to be anything special about the words. There's nothing magical about what I'm saying. But it literally, God is looking at your heart and knows your intent and your desire for him through his son. And then, so I'm going to pray in just a moment, but then I'll pray for all of us regarding those things. But let's be, have a, a, a focused time right now where we're connecting with God. And so if you had your hand up, go ahead and pray along with me. Maybe you say something like, God, I know I need you. Jesus, I ask that you would come into my life. I know that you're God's son. I know that you were perfect in every way. And I want to have a connection with the Father. And I ask because of your death and your resurrection that you would come into my life, that you would change me, that you would give me a fresh start and a new beginning. And the old stuff that I did is, is long past. And God, I'm so sorry for all that stuff. But right now, I surrender over to you that I might know you, that I might call myself a son or daughter and have this amazing connection with you that I would be one of your children. And Father, for so many of us in here that we battle with rebellion and going our own way and our sinful ways. And Lord, right now we repent. We apologize for those things and we ask that you would enable us through the power of your spirit to turn around, to head back towards home. Lord, for those of us that are dealing with entitlement in this, this religion mindset and we're allowing these obligations and the duty, it's consumed us. We don't, we're not walking in your grace anymore. God, would you free us up from that? that we be able to celebrate. Lord, it's a party. It's a party because we know you. It's a party because we're coming home. It's a party because we're in the house. And so we honor you and bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.